Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I am your host, Tyler. And I am your enthralled, intrigued, and raptured, what you want to say kind of co-host, Till. If you're new to the show, RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void about various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Um, Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD podcast. Yeah. I do want to talk about that in a second. Yes, we do. Of course, because uh, I have tried to be more active on the Twitter lately. Notice that there have been responses to posts? Yep. I am making a concerted effort to be active on Twitter. I hate it, but I'm doing it. Feel free to sign out of the fucking Twitter, buddy, and tweet some shit. I... I, Feel free. I think I just... I I grew up at just the wrong time for it. For Twitter? Yeah. Me too. Like, I just missed it. I was in Facebook when it was the Facebook, but I am just past. You're telling me you're not on TikTok? No, and I'm not on the gram. I'm not on the the snippety chat. Snap chat. You know, I'm not on yeah, these things. Old man, I, I just, that. I missed it. I I was so close. I'm like two years off. No, because you're two years older than me, and I'm not really on those things. Yeah, either. but you're an old man. I am. We have a lot of friends who are my age who are maybe on Snapchat. What? Plenty of people my age that are gramming it up. I think my mom. That's true. I have a friend who is a, 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 a just under your age, and he's they're big in the gram. Yeah. He and his wife. So I, but I think I missed it where it was a necessity. Like I had to have the Facebook when I got it. I'm so glad not to be on Facebook. So I think that that's I think that's where we lie. That's where the difference is. Anyways, it wasn't necessary to have Twitter. The reason I want to talk about Twitter is because I wanted to acknowledge our perennial and best Twitter follower. Dude, at Onslaught Six. You're the only Twitter person whose name I actually like. If somebody gave, said, "Name a Twitter handle," I couldn't name mine, but I could name yours. He, you know what? School him. He does industrial and thrash metal and sweet retro synth soundtrack soundtrack jams. That's what uh, his Twitter bio is. So, I wanted to respond to him because he uh, brought up a very good point. He did in he response did. to our last episode. He brought up something that I didn't know. I, I first off. I never really read the introduction of books I buy, but very clearly in the first Eberron book it says, this is playtest material. Why they made me buy playtest material. Isn't that a great fucking question? I don't know. Because it's a safe assumption. Why would you read that intro? Like all the other playtest material is free. Why am I buying playtest material? Yeah, so I'm going to give props to Onslaught 6 for for being very well informed. For reading the book. Reading the intro to the book. Yes, thank you. No one reads the intro to the book. Thank you. Thank no one, you. except thank for him. You. So, no, in all seriousness, thank you um, for pointing that out. That's, and his that's, second that's, point that's... was an Adventures League rule. Adventures League, which, by the way, the first Ebron book does not classify as. So, uh, his rule he brings up, he responded to our um, post last time, mentioning that the races were reprinted in the new Ebron book to satisfy players who can use, when you're making a character in Adventures League, you can use the PHB and one, one other book. One other source book. One other source book, yes. So you can't use Adventures. Yeah. You can't use Unearthed Arcana. You have to use a source book. So they did it to give people a sort of better secondary option as opposed to like my books, PHP, and Volos. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, or just to, just to open it up. You know, you could use the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. You can't use Aarakocra, though. Xanthar's uh, Guide to Everything. Yes. Now Eberron. Yes. You know, so it, it's just it's something new and exciting. And so 
that's a good thing to talk about. I actually would love to go into the adventure. I would League. just want to, you know, last commend uh, Onslaught Six for very good points that we yeah. did not acknowledge. Did not know. Did not acknowledge because we don't we don't play D and D Adventures League. That that's the point that I'm going to get into sooner than later. This is not a show necessarily about D and D Adventures. Everything League. we've ever talked about has been. If we're doing it, homebrew. It's it's the context if of a home game. Someone else is doing it. It is, you know, we did the um, uh, Tomb of Annihilation once, and we did uh, Lost Minds. The Lost Mind of Pandover, yeah. Uh, we but also other than that, so started the Isle of whatever island adventure. The Tomb of Horrors. Is it Tomb? Yeah. Oh, the Tomb of Horrors. Yeah. Better. Or well, Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah, Tomb of Annihilation. We played Out of the Abyss briefly. Well, yes, that was long, long ago. I wouldn't count that. Um, but I think ultimately, what is the D&D Adventures League? I was going to ask you that, but you can ask me that. Okay. D&D Adventures League. I think there's a, great, there's a couple of resources that you can find info about it on the internet, but basically the premise of the D&D Adventures League is there is a constant game happening, and you can jump into a pre-made adventure with very specific rules that tracks your character mm-hmm. as they go forward. So you can go anywhere and do it. Yeah, there are games in stores, games at organizations like Comic-Cons and mm-hmm. stuff. It's also something you can play in the privacy right, of your own Exactly. It's, it's open to all. You can play it online. Yep. You, there, there, you can do any anywhere that you can play D&D. You can be in an Adventurer's League sanctioned game. Yes. Uh, as you mentioned, there are some rules. The uh, PHP plus one rule. Um, the DM has to DM the current campaign, not the current campaign setting, but the current um, story as yep. it is coming out. I don't know. How often do they release? I couldn't find that information. You know what? There's an FAQ that has a lot of things for the website, but it's it's Avernus Rising right now. Yes. Um, and you could probably just go back and look. It's probably not necessarily a fixed schedule necessarily. I feel like but look at it all these rules. might be, but yes. Look at all these rules. Yeah. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. There's so many. So yeah, character creation has limits. You can only um, be that's 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 kind of the part I want to focus on is the limits. Okay. Um, and the whole purpose. Okay. Of this. Go ahead. So starting with the the player character limits, I'm going to go to D and League, D and Adventures League Players Guide. It's Adventures League Players Guide Version Nine, Avernus Rising. Um, the very first thing is creating a character. Uh, so before we even get into this, if you are not a person who's into limitations, D and D Adventures League is not for you. No. If you want to play test material on other can material, D and D Adventures League is not it. for you. Can't right? do it. What you need to play as a character in a D and D Adventures League is honestly super simple. Um, the DM needs a lot of stuff. Players basically just bring a character. They need a lot of specific stuff. Yes. D and D or players in the Adventures League. If you just had the player's handbook, you're ready to go. And honestly, you don't even need that. You Correct. can download the basic, basic rules, rules for free, and you're done. And you can play. Oh, the there's game. pre-made characters you can play with. Yeah, you're done. Like, that's it. But it does, like I said, it has this rule where um, you can uh, use the player's handbook and one other resource, a rule called PHP plus one. Yeah. And that's um, a bunch of stuff that's listed on um, you use more the guidance. rules. You can use Born Kinds, Xanthar's Bolos, Sword Coast Guide, Elemental Evil, um, all that stuff. Okay. How, what about the variant and optional rules? Because I think that's an important thing to note. Um, yeah, there's you can use variant humans, uh, half health tiefling variants, human optional human languages, and I don't even know this is the blessing of Corellin. I don't know what that is. I also Tumifos, don't know Tumifos. what that Tumifos. is. Yes, Mordekai and Tumifos. Um But there's limitations. 
you can't use races that have flight mm-hmm. at first level. Yep. Um, and your character must belong to a season. Which I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is either, honestly. I haven't figured that one out yet. This, this choice grants your character additional rules that wouldn't otherwise be available. So I think if you actually go back to the website, if you go back to the website. Hold on. If you go back to the website. There's two season nine characters. Back, hold on. I said hold on. You're going to take forever to get I'm not. Back. I'm going to look at other things of seasons. Season nine characters. Season nine characters right here. Divided into story seasons. Since the beginning of the program, there have been eight story seasons, each one focusing on blah, 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 blah. Season nine, in support of Baldur's Gate, descended to Avernus, new options. Lingering legacy of evil traits. There's a bunch of things. Oh, plain touch wings. So basically the seasons are TV seasons of the adventure. It's kind of like an extra background almost. Yeah, it's it's bonus stuff. So That you have to subscribe to. Yeah, you have when to be you... Part of. For example, making a character in Season 9 right now, when you roll to determine the number of temporary hit points gained by a, a certain item, you gain twice as many. Um, if you wish to create an Azamar or Tiefling, that character gains the benefit associated the race below. Azamars, um, you can permanently replace an ability. Tieflings can permanently replace an ability. Um, so these aren't, like, game-changing things. They're just sort of flavors for the mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. So it's not, like, the most important part of the D&D Adventures League, but it is something there. It's important. Yes. Um, but otherwise, character creation is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. However, something interesting, as a character, you can't give items to other players or wealth. And do you know why that is? Uh, because players might go away. Because players are transferable. You can take yep. whatever you have in the game, yep. and you can go to any other game and play it. Yep. So you don't want to load up some person and say, okay, you're going to go play on Monday at this other place. Go take all the good shit, and then when you come back on Thursday, you can give it all back. You can't trade items. That's important. Yeah. You can trade, and you can get, um, you can split the cost of things. You can loan things to players, but it has to come back to you at the end of the session. Yep, makes all sense of the world, in my opinion. Um, but the one thing that I thought was important because a lot of this is then sort of just similar of playing the game, mm-hmm. is you can, you, when you make a character, you have to make it within the level of, of, the story. of the story, right? Like level three to five. So you have to be three, four, or five. Yeah. Um, you can level out of the adventure. Like if I, it's for three, four, and five, I hit level six, no problem. Until I go join another adventure, I can't come back into this one. Mm-hmm. Or this adventure concludes, I have to be within the level of the next adventure, for example. So it's very structured in that your character remains your character for the duration of the Adventures League. Now, oh, I'm checking the time. Plenty of time. Yeah. What is, like, the appeal of this, of these limitations? So, I think there's two things. One, this is very good for new players. If you've never had any experience with it, it's good to have some sort of uh, regiment, some sort of focus. Yes. Uh, that way, you're not sitting there trying to pile through all the books and figure out, what you need, you have the player's handbook, you might have one other book, you might not have another book. You might just have the player's handbook. And it's not like you're missing out on a bunch of shit that other people are now doing because of that. So it's good for somebody new that doesn't want to invest in all the books yet and just wants to kind of feel out the game. It's good for new DMs because it gives you a solid structure that everyone else is doing, so there's a huge community for it. You can bounce ideas off of when you're DMing. Uh, you can talk about things that you did that were successful and other people can use. It's it's very uh, community building. It's very driven to make it uh, inclusive for a large number of people. And I think that that is an excellent thing. And people who don't necessarily have access to a friend group that plays Dungeons yep, & Dragons. 100%. If you're going to go to a random shop and play, 
you all you will always know the rules. It's like there's home rules to worry about. Right. Um. But, and this is, so I got what you're saying. The appeal is, it's it's structure. It's there. It's it's this sort of regular thing that I can kind of rely on. Um. But not every DM is the same, even if the adventure's the same. Correct. Because you are expected as a DM to be an arbiter of the rules. Yes. Right. You have to you you, which means you're making judgment calls sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Which means you know things, which mm-hmm. means you're able to check things out, mm-hmm. and you're fair. Yep. Not every DM is this person. Agreed, but um, I, don't know, I feel like if you're playing in an Adventures League setting, you are that person. Like I feel like you wouldn't join that kind of set. You wouldn't DM for that kind of setting if you weren't that kind of person willing to make that kind of. You don't think being a DM's sometimes an ego trip for some people? Um, again, I think that you would have a home game where you'd have a game outside of the Adventures League if you were that kind of person. What, you can't find, you don't have friends who play D&D? Again, you, you can have, you can make, uh, when I used to play on Mondays, it wasn't an Adventures League. We right. just did whatever the fuck we were going to do. Right. It was, I just joined a random group of people at this place that I went to. It wasn't, there's open games that aren't Adventures League settings. Right. So if you were that kind of person, just have an open game somewhere. So why bother I, being on the Adventures League yeah, is what you're saying? Yeah. So I feel like you're the kind of person that enjoys the progression and enjoys getting the you know DM points and all that stuff. Yeah, that's my other thing. It's like, well, you know, the DM gets rewards for their characters and other stuff, mm-hmm. but there's no there's no reward in air quotes for the players. It's just you, you playing, get to play the game. Play, you get to play the game and not expend money Again, on the stuff. You're not. You're not. I don't say working. So you're not. Putting forth as much effort yes. as the DM, who should get something as a reward for guiding you through this experience. So that you always got to make sure to bring your DM snacks. Snacks. Because they are doing all the work. So, so go ahead. I was gonna say. So what's the downfall of the Adventures League? Uh, the thing we talked about with pre-made adventures. The downfall is it's the adventure. Mm-hmm. That's the adventure. Yep. There's no tangents. Nope. It's no my backstory. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, um, it can't be in the Adventures League. Right. There's there's like my character is on this adventure. Yes. I think that's the major, major downfall. My my the reason that I would never do an Adventures League game is simple. I paid money for these fucking books. Yeah. I am gonna use every last yeah. goddamn ability I can out of them. Yeah. Don't even you tell me I, that I can't. Even though when I tell you make a character for our holiday one shot, you pick a the most recent one. Not one of the books you already had. Wait, wait. I, I picked the most recent Class and race, because I just bought the book. Yup. I picked a bunch of spells that are from all the books. Oh, okay. I didn't look at your spell list. I've, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. I, why would I? Why wouldn't I? Yeah. It, it, feels, it feels limiting to players. Yeah. Which is, I guess, part of the opportunity cost of, hey, look, there's an adventure. I can go join and not do a lot of the prep Well, work. and again, Here's- I think it just keeps everything fairer for everyone. That way you don't have one person with all the books that's getting to do all the things. Like, especially back, if this existed back in 3.5, there'd be one person that would have this crazy character with skill tricks and feats that were unheard of. And there'd be this other kid that has the PHB that's kind of sitting there like, uh, okay. Hey, man, I can make a great character with the PHB. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying that my rogue would beat your rogue because I'd have way more shit. I would like to challenge that because I've made the greatest rogue in the history of rogues to yeah. prove that I can make a better rogue than the rest of you, and I destroy no, people with no, that rogue. No, no, you did that to beat one person. Yeah, well, no one else had made that type of rogue ever in so, or, you know five anywho. years of playing or you know, whatever. Uh, anyways, I think that's the major limitation, and it's this and I made the best rogue. No, you, um, quick draw, bitch. And you made me forget my fucking point now. Cut so. your flat-footed every round.
Way to go. Whatever, I can't remember. That's a, that's a major limitation. Do you have other limitations you're thinking of? Um, or other downsides? I You know, I, I see more pros than cons with it. Yeah, I just I would personally would not participate in it. Yeah, I would agree. It's full of pros, and it's nice that, that they sort of uh, incentivize this. You know, Wizards of the Coast incentivizes this to happen to encourage people to play D&D. Um, but I am, I've, never, I've never actually seen it happen. I kind of want to see it happen. Like, would you go to a convention center and, like, play D&D and sit down? Mm-hmm. Mm, ooh, that's tough. Um, it depends on the convention. Um, if it was, like, a, like a Gen Con, I would, yeah. I would at Gen Con. Absolutely. Um, if it was, like, a video game con, no, I would not. Because I'm not there to play D&D. I'm there to check out new video games. Right. Did you? And speaking of limitations, right? Thing that's not a limitation. To look at the character advancement, no. you character gains level upon completing adventure. Done. In a hardcover adventure sessions, your DM will tell you when you gain a level. Excuse me, when yeah. you gain a level because the content. Mm-hmm. But if you play for four hours, <clears throat> and your DM doesn't tell you gain a level, you gain a level. Okay. Yeah. And this that's, instance, that's just to levels one to five. Yeah, if you're in in tier two, uh, tier two to four, like later, then it takes eight, eight hours. hours to play. But yeah. there's like a fixed level progression. Again, and I think they do that because they expect you to get to a certain point in each story per... I mean, right. pre-mades are designed to have a specific amount of time right. that you, you and do I, them. And I like this because in our current campaign, we would be a level... We would have leveled... We would have leveled, leveled several by now. times. Twice, yes. at least. We yes. have leveled by now. Yes. So, take that, doctor. <laughs> yes. Because uh, we did LMOP, and there was no notes in it. Characters getting level. Okay, yeah, uh, that's, we, we suck with that. So, as much as that's a limitation, it is enabling the players to sort of feel like they've made progress mm-hmm. even if even if they're not making well, my problem with that is what if I sit around we sit around talking for four hours then you're not doing the adventure so that's yeah. like a downside to exactly you, so right? but but why am I leveling for that no that's the point if you if you haven't otherwise gained a level so like I would just yes. go to the adventure but but my point is why not just sit around and talk for four hours until I get to level five and then I'll play the game because that person's not playing the game if, there's not a single person on earth. Who you can't le- see it, but I'm just kind of shrugging and staring. Yep. There's not a single person on earth who legitimately wants to play Dungeons and Dragons, right? Uh-huh. Would go out of their way to show up to an organized event okay. full of possibly strangers yeah. and say, you know what I'm going to do? Not play D and D. No. What if it's just role play? We've role played for four hours before. Not in a pre-made. Not in a. You know you're going to Adventures League. Okay. That's my well, point. You know you're going to Adventures League. You're not I'm just, just going to try. There might and be exploit. somebody out there that very much loves role playing, and that's why they play a RPG like D and D. And we talked about how. Adventures League, Adventures League adventures are not conducive to character specific stuff. They're not, but that doesn't mean you can't role play. And fine, fine, I role play for two hours. No, you're fine. You're right. Because if I role played accurately for four hours, great. You gained the level because you did all that work for four hours. You you wasted fucking time, and you've made our Adventures League adventure take longer, a session longer for us to get the treasure. Gain another level. You'll. I would rather gain levels than gain treasure. In a heartbeat. I would rather do the adventure. Well, yeah, but again, play the game. Again, hey, play you the game. What a setback was, bitch. In theory, you gain the levels beforehand, meaning you get through the content faster. Mm-hmm. Meaning you, the level you end up at at the end is the same. Yeah. So you'll just be at the same level, but mm-hmm. you wasted a session. Anywho, uh, let us know your thoughts about D and D Adventures League, or if you actually just are in one. If, yeah. If you play, give us a, give us a little sample of your experience. Because we've never done it. Yeah. I would like to sort of see what's happening there, but um, 
final thoughts about the Indie Mansion League? Obviously, there's way more that we didn't cover. It's time we haven't to done play it. the game. Okay, we'll be right back. You know, there was a time when we had a whole book for psionics. My rogue could kill your rogue. Well, we're going to have a rogue off, a third edition rogue off, I think. Well, you did, you did what, fainting? Faint. I did quick drawing. How does that make me flat-footed? Just uh, flick of the wrist, baby. Bam. As soon as I, every time I draw a dagger, you're flat-footed. I don't remember that rule. Yeah, it's a feat. That sounds like an overpowered feat. It very much was. Well, I mean, you're hitting me with a dagger. Okay. Great. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Does a rogue really give a fuck if it's using a dagger or a rapier when you're doing the sneak attack damage? No, that's true. That feels overpowered. I'm going to Google it. It was it was fun. Yeah. D&D 3E. Flick of the wrist. See if you're doing it wrong, because I'm assuming you were. That was like insulting. I know. Complete warrior, page ninety-nine. It's like super insulting, actually. <laughs> if you draw a light weapon and make a melee attack in the same round, you catch your opponent flat-footed. Um, so you hit their flat-footed armor class. Yeah, which is all you needed to get. You may use it once per round and once per opponent during once per opponent during a single combat encounter. Mm. So yeah, right there. So you I fucking lose right there. That. Good job. Mm, you fucking lose. That. See, you're doing it wrong. Man, man, I'm good. Man, I'm good. I gotta pull up that book again. No, that's not what I wanted. Man, I'm fucking good at this game, everybody. Anyways, somebody actually double check that. Page 99, Complete Warrior, 3rd edition. Yeah, somebody has that out there. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, anyways, talking about rogues. You got thoughts about something? No I can read you. your thoughts. No one likes you. Yeah, I hear that a lot. I can read your thoughts. You know why? Except, uh, never mind. Because I'm a psychic warrior. They don't actually get mind reading. Because I'm a soul knife. Yeah, they get mind reading. Because I'm a... They get mind rending. Because I'm a... Let's do one Earth Arcana out yeah, there, people. it's psychic bullshit. Fighter, rogue, and wizard on Earth Arcana. They changed it. They said, you know what? We're not going to do the psionic class, the mystic... We're just going to give everybody uh, psionic subclasses. They haven't said that yet. No, actually, they specifically said, we do want to make a mystic class later in life, so nobody worry. But this is very clearly them leaning the other direction. Yeah, but, uh, you know, again, I think it will take them a little time. And this is him. Um, again, PHP 2 coming out. That's why all this unearthed arcana is dropping. This is the November 25th. 11, 25. 2019. This is the second one that they released. On arcana. Of, in the month. Uh, so what you have here is a martial archetype for a warrior. So yeah, you, you get a, a roguish archetype. A you have fighter, a... a rogue, and a wizard. And a wizard arcane tradition. Um, the fighters on a marker. The fighters one was pretty weak in my opinion. Psychic warrior, rogues is the soul knife. Arcane tradition for the wizard is just psionics. Which I want to talk from a flavor perspective right there. We talked about this in person recently. Mm-hmm. Psionics doesn't feel like something you can learn mm-hmm. as a wizard. Mm-hmm. You dedicate yourself to the study of the arcane. What am I, studying how to be psychic? Yep. How? I don't know. Wizards study magical powers in all its form, including the magic psionics. Yes. You interesting. And, interesting. You you and I both agreed that psionics would be maybe a warlock. Yeah, or a sorcerer. Maybe a sorcerer. Those wizards who follow the tradition of psionics hone the magic potential of their own minds. 
So this implies that you already had. It implies that you have psionic uh, inherent capabilities. psychic abilities. Yes. Sometimes called psionicists or mentalists. That's a fucking misnomer. That is also. These wizards interact with the multiverse through the lens of, of the psionic aptitude and awareness. I just am mad at that. I'm you're, mad. You're, you're at the wrong. We're not even there yet. I'm mad at that one. Are you I'm mad go, at it when we get there. I'm going to go all the way back to the fight. Yeah, I want to go back. To the, psychic warrior. Psychic warrior, yeah. Awakening to the psionic power of themselves. See, there it is, right there. It's within themselves. A psychic warrior is a fighter who augments their physical with the psychic, obviously. Okay. So tell me about it. So essentially, they get a couple abilities where they get to project their mind's power in various ways. Uh, first, uh, they can learn uh, augmented defense or augmented striking. Uh, they can either reduce damage much like a monk does ca- catching missiles. They get to roll a d10 as a reaction to reduce damage when hit. Or they get to add a d4 psychic damage to their attacks. This increases to a d12 later in life or a d6 later in life, which, you know, cool, fine, not overpowered, you know, Okay. Uh, they get Mage Hand, and it can be invisible. That's a thing. That's the, uh, the rogue ability. Uh, yeah. The, well, that's the Arcane Tricksters gets a better. They get uh, they le- lift the more. Mage Hand Ledger Main. They yeah. can lift more. They can activate more. This just is an invisible one because you're using your mind, not spells. There's a difference. I'm rolling my eyes. Uh, the strength of mind, uh, it's fine. You can move somebody away. It's kind of like um, uh, a thunder wave for one person. You just kind of like telekinetically move them and do a little damage Push. to them. It's not great. It kind of hurts. It's forced hand. The problem is that no fighter really has is going to have that high of intelligence. Like maybe a plus two mod, maybe a plus three if they're really fucking up there. Challenge accepted. But, I mean, great. You get to push somebody three times. Uh, the bulwark one is... Probably the worst, in my opinion. Uh, you can uh, project your your psychic bastion of power, and you can, you know, for one minute, give your, you and your allies, uh, you know, half cover and advantage on strength saving throws, which are uber popular, as we all know. Half cover is plus four? Half cover is plus two. What's quarter cover? There's no quarter cover. There's half and three quarter. Mm. I think so. Okay, whatever. I'll look it up in a second while you keep talking. Okay. So, yeah. But still, fine. Plus four. But how many things ignore cover? Many. A great many things ignore cover. Somebody with a sharpshooter. Somebody with a spell sniper. A spell that doesn't require you to fucking attack. It could just be, you know... You walk up and uh, you fucking tell them to make a deck save because you just cast fireball. I mean, all these things are, you know, possible and you just ignore it at that. Yeah, point. it feels it feels underwhelming. I'm going five more pages back to cover. Cover. There are three degrees of cover. Half cover, three quarters, not one quarter. Half cover is two, Suck three quarters plus five. Yep. So there was another one. Three quarters cover us plus five to AC. Anywho, Anywho. Uh, agonizing strikes. Uh, you can uh, you can make somebody fall prone and get disadvantage on ability checks, which are very important during combat mm-hmm. and definitely worthy of a fifteenth level ability. Eighteenth mm-hmm. uh, level is a nice one. Uh, you get one minute where you get uh, regeneration, you get increased speed, and you get to stand up real fast. So that's cool. Regen ten. Faster by 10. I mean, Regen 10? Regen 10's nice. It's, so over the course of a one-minute fight, hypothetically, which is a long fight, you yeah. gain 100 health. Yeah, that's nice. 
Yeah, that's pretty good, I guess. That's helpful. What's the cleric heal 75? Cleric heal is 70. 70. 70. Yes. So it's like getting a better heal. Mass heal is spreading like 500 out yeah. over everything, which you would have at this level. So that seems that seems fine. Helpful. That part seems very fine. Very helpful. Yeah. Not overpowered, but helpful. It doesn't feel very focused, this... Um, the sciatic this, is not focused? This, this psychic warrior doesn't feel very I focused. I feel like a lot of it is just mind over match, just enhancing normal shit with mind power. Because it's, it's, first of all, I'm defending my... Uh, when you, oh, stop I'm it. defending myself for someone else, and then I'm pushing people away. I thought you were actually defending. And yourself. then I'm defending stuff again, and then I'm hitting things, and then I'm regening. Like my problem is, it doesn't really this. do much extra damage. Like, yeah, I feel like a lot of fighter abilities help out with damage. Like battle master abilities give you damage. I think this is supposed to be a tank. Yeah. Where you're taking damage. Yeah. You're t protecting people and taking Which damage. Which is interesting, because there aren't actually that many fighters that are tanky. So this is a psychic tank. Yeah. Okay. It feels a niche. But I don't like it. Nope. <laughs> uh, the soul knife, I actually, I, I the rouge. I think it's the fun. rouge. Uh, you get to make uh, psychic daggers. Make, that's that's pretty cool. You telling me that the soul knife can make daggers? Yeah, they can make little psychic daggers, which are pretty. You can throw them too. Hmm. Yeah. This is a third level thing. Right? Yeah, just yeah. You third level, you start making psychic knives. Uh, their static enhancement's pretty cool. The telepathy find, um, walking speed increased by five, which is very helpful for a rogue, in my opinion. When you finish and a long rest, you gain yes, one, one of the yeah. following. So you tele telepathy. Yeah. Walking speed. Which is one I would probably take more or, of or not. Or your hit point maximum can increase. So if you're going into a particularly difficult fight, you can get some extra hit points, which could be good for a rogue. But your intelligence modifier. Yeah. So four tops, probably not. No, probably not. But I mean, three. you got to figure. You gain three extra hit points. Three plus your rogue level. Oh, plus your rogue level. Okay, so that's level three. So six. Yeah. Six hit points could save a life. Half a hit. Uh, in what world? Whatever. We're level three. I was taking twenty-two from v Fishnu. Yeah, well, Fishnu is a special beast. Fishnu is a dick. Yeah, Fishnu was powerful. Anyways, levels nine. Terrifying, terrifying blade. blade. Nah, man, you can get. Who wants to be afraid? Who cares about being afraid of the rogue? That's a paladin thing. Uh, you damage a creature, you can force it or become frightened. That's fucking stupid. Cool. Psychic Veil, 13. Very cool, actually. I enjoy it a great deal. Tell me about you it. Get to get, you get to turn invisible for 10 minutes. It's a free invisibility without even cast a spell. So it's standard invisibility. Yeah, for 10 minutes. And you can use it up to your intelligence modifier a yeah. number of times. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, right? Level 13 is a little high, but, but it makes but, sense. But I like it. Uh, the Rend Mind ability, it, the great name. A. Yeah. B. Mind render. When you use your psychic blade, you can force a creature to make an int saving throw. Very rare to see an now int saving something. throw. Very rare to see that int saving throw. If you're hidden from the target, it has disadvantage on it. So on it's a, a save. Yes. Oh. It's essentially like a ranged mind sneak attack. And if they fail, they take 12d6 psychic That's a damage. Lot. And are stunned until the start of your next turn. That's a good ability. Yeah. Level 17, though. And you can use it again number of times equal to your mod. So, so it's not just once per rest. This is a powerful ability. You want to snipe. I this. mean, that's some serious damage. How many three psychic times. blades do you get? Oh, so you can only use it only three times. Okay. You can use red mine three times. That's psychic, pretty powerful. Psychic blade, I think you just yeah, keep but that, generating. Yeah, but this doesn't matter because I can only use the red three times. Yeah. 12d6 averages out to what, 48? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, it's 3.5. Technically times six is, mm -hmm. or times 12, so that'd be um, 36 plus uh, 42. 42 psychic damage for an action. Very good. It's pretty good. Especially if you get to do you get to sneak attack? No. No. Oh, it's boring. not an attack. That's boring. You can force a creature. Okay, so it's just stabbing them. Oh, what? so they wouldn't even know you did it. No. Oh, my God. That's why this is good. 
you're sitting in the you're sitting in the tavern, hidden in the corner, mm-hmm. shadowy figure, and you just blink somebody to fucking death. Yeah. Wow. They're sitting there one day, and then their mind explodes. If anybody asks you ever assassinate anybody, it's super easy. Yeah. So that's it for the rogue. The rogue abilities, again, like, generally boring until rogue, 13th and 17th. Well, I mean, even still, I, I enjoy the psychic blade. You know, I enjoy the sonic enhancement. The psychic blade, sonic enhancement are very good. I'm trying to move some papers. The terrifying blade sucks. But after that, I mean, so one ability sucks out of all of them? That's well, not Well, they combine the 13th. I'm invisible. Yeah. Friend mind. You, I can hide yeah. anywhere and exactly. shoot you in the face. Now, here's the thing. Uh, if you make somebody make a it saving ends. throw, you'll become yeah. invisible again, right? But you can go invisible, do it again. E- as you an have action. The, you have both the well, same have number to, of you times. You have to action hide, bonus action, or action invisible, bonus action hide, next turn stab him with your mind. Why wouldn't I bonus action hide and then just stab him with my mind? Because you, you have to be concealed to hide. If, okay. I, if I become visible. Move, bonus action hide. Yeah. Use it. Uh... Uh, I, 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 you I, did that shit to me all the time when you were a rogue. Yeah, so and you stopped me. Start. But I have since I have since modified my to, opinion. Come around to my view that I watched you go over there. I think I know where you are. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Anywho, hey, let's talk about uh, wizards being sadics. <sighs> Do we have to? What's mentalism? So a <laughs> mentalist, right, is basically a bullshit artist. Yes. Like, like that's what, and I'm gonna. Mentalist defined. There was an excellent show that used to be on called The Mentalist. A magician who performed feats that apparently demonstrate extraordinary mental powers such as mind reading, but it's basically a bullshit artist. Uh, What's his name? uh, Psych, the guy in Psych. Sean, the character in Psych. It's a mentalist. Yes. Uh, What was the dude's name? John. John Oh, I didn't watch that show. Edwards? It's a handsome man, Yes, John Edwards was the dude that was the most famous mentalist of all time. The mentalist TV show? No, that was different. That was a, a show. No, John Edwards was the was like um what's his name? Oprah. It was like the Oprah of mentalists. Really? Yeah. You don't remember John Edwards? I don't know this name you're saying. Oh the, my the god. John Dude, Edwards. Look up the, the, John Edwards. The vice presidential campaign for No, no, no. no. John Kerry? No, no. Oh, no I'm no, looking no, at the, the what's the actor's name in the mentalist? I don't remember his name. Patrick something. Simon Baker? Oh, but he played Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Simon Baker has a has a handsome man right there. Anyways, mm-hmm. what's his name? John Edwards John Mentalist? Edwards. Yeah, right? I John think I think that was Edwards his name. Mentalist. Yeah, he, he spoke to the dead. John Edward. John Edward. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, American television. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he spoke to dead people and shit and told people what they wanted to hear. Anyways. I, don't, I guess that's not the same. I, it is because it's bullshit. You're, you're lying about being a psychic, You're, you're reading somebody's body and telling them bullshit. So this is, this is I think we could just say bullshit. Bullshit. Because how does this wizard become a psychic? Mm-hmm. But it actually has some great abilities while we're on it. Um, just saying. Second, okay, first one, psionic focus, second level. Very awesome. You get to make a, a, a psionic focus. You get to make Instead of an special. arcane focus. Yeah. And uh, I, very few just focuses allow you to reroll uh, ones. For any wizard spell. That uses uh, psychic damage. Yeah, right? When you psychic roll or psychic damage. or force damage on any wizard spells, you can reroll any of those damage dice that roll a one. Yep. That's pretty big. It's pretty important. It's pretty big. It's nice. Because if you roll multiple dice... Very helpful. Boom. It's the worst. When you roll, you know, 46, three or four ones, it's soul crushing, which I think is something this guy would do. Yeah. Like, you know, when you do 12 damage on a fireball, you're just sad. It's sad panda bear. It's sad. Uh, static devotion is not very helpful. You learn friends, mage hand, or message. Great. Nobody cares. Uh, it doesn't count against your shit. And uh, essentially, you get to cast them as a bonus action, requiring no components. But again, none of those spells are overtly great. No. 
So yeah. Friends but, is the worst. <laughs> but thought form's pretty fun. You can transform your body into pure psionic energy. Yes. And while you uh, are For ten minutes. While you are psionic like that, you get to shed dim light in a five foot radius, which is kinda cool. Uh, but then also you get psionic spellcasting, which means that you do not uh, require verbal, semantic, or material components that lack a gold cost when you're big. casting a spell. It's literally all mind power, baby. For 10 minutes, you can just blink spells into existence. You get resistance to psychic, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing attacks. From non-magic attacks. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, always. I think it's just... That's, that's the general resistance for physical damage, as long as it's non-magical. Well, Very few people or creatures or anythings give you resistance to... Bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing magic damage. There should be things that do that in my professional there, there opinion. There should be, but there aren't many. Um, at 10th level, you get two things. You get uh, mental discipline and empowered psionics. Mental discipline, you get to learn dominate person, scrying, or telekinesis. You get to add it to your book without taking up a spe- uh, slot. And Those are better. You can also cast the chosen spell once without expending spell slot. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. Nice. That's good. Getting an extra spell slot. Yeah, That's pretty good. Always nice. Uh, empowered psionics when you 10. deal psychic or force damage with a wizard spell, including cantrips, you get to add your intelligence modifier to That's the damage. That's pretty good. What's his cantrip but his force damage? Uh, oh, that's not cantrip. Magic missile level one. Yeah, magic. Magic. It's like War Mage Edge back in the day. Yeah, magic missile with doing uh, your add your intelligence modifier. So. But yeah, if I was uh, this guy, I would try to learn uh, what like. There's got to be a, what, Vicious Mockery? Could you learn that? You'd have to take Psychic a feat. Damage. You'd have to take a feat to get But, you know, think mockery. about that. If I'm casting Magic Missile, I can re-roll all my ones. Yeah. There's a pretty big chance of rolling a one on Magic Missile. Yeah. So Magic Missile suddenly becomes more likely two to four. Two to four plus, plus, one, plus one each one missile plus, plus my intelligence. Five, yeah, likely. right? So that's pretty big. Thought Travel's pretty cool. You get to gain a... a 14. Uh, yeah, you get to gain a flying speed and, uh, you know... I think it's pretty nice to just be able to gain a flying speed. You basically become a ghost, like yeah. a psychic flying yeah. thing, because you can pass through Ooh. stuff. Yeah, it's the way I think of it is a kind of faster-moving mind flayer. You be, you astral project, but your actual body. Yeah. Yeah, because you can move through objects and terrain, mm-hmm. uh, and um, creatures, rather, but you can't and, and you can't stop this form within them. The you last thing that I actually enjoy about this... Um, so that was level, that was level 14. Yeah, that's level 14. That's, that's, ability. that's, that's no ability. Uh, The thing I like is they give you new spells for the first time in a long time. Um, this is an in addition to basic spells. Yeah, no, keep going. Keep going. New spells. <gasps> new spells! Yes. <gasps> for bards, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards. Now you've sold me on See? psionics. See, there's not many. There's not many. There's, what, five, six, seven, eight, nine... But they go from cantrips to 6th level. Uh, they give you the Mind Sliver, which I think is the uh, cantrip that will do psychic damage for you. So that's pretty... Intelligence saving throw or a D6 psychic damage. Yep. And the first time it makes a saving throw before the next turn, it must roll a D4 and subtract. So <gasps> it's just one-on-one. You're oh, blowing them up. Um, no. So. Oh, end of your next turn. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah you just fucking give them minus Keep four. mind slivering them. Just keep mind slivering them and you, get the, you can't roll once. Yeah. Right? Oh, wow, that's a good spell. There's new feats, but they kind of blow. I'm going to ignore him. All right, general consensus about this. Uh, still don't like psionics. Yep. Um, but I don't, I don't understand why. I don't think that wizards should be psionic in any way. If you're going to do psionics, let's just make it its own thing, please. That, that's my one. That's my biggest thing. I'm, I don't want psionics to be part of other things. I don't want them to be secondary, which is, I think we talked about this when we talked about psionics. 
Sinex always, always seems secondary. It's always an afterthought. Fucking make it its own thing. I would agree with that. And these feel these feel like they need development. They are playtesting. Why not play test them? You could play test them during our holiday one shot. Nope, um, no Be a psychic wizard. I agree in terms of flavor. I don't understand the psychic wizard. I don't fucking understand the psychic wizard. Um, but I think it has the best abilities of those three. Oh, I know the soul knife. Soul knife's is, mm, soul knife's got great okay, abilities. Well, I know. You know how we feel about psionics. Let us know how you feel about psionics. Um, and make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Give us ratings. Follow us on Twitter at RDBD Podcast. Again, that's where I'll announce things. Oh, you know, if the show is canceled, da 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 da. And feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. Gmail. And until then, we will see you next time. Till then. <laughs> I said until then first. What do I want to say to the people who roll dice to accomplish anything in a game? I want to say that all of your rolls get disadvantage, bitch. All of them. Hey, bye.